Today on Analog Out, we've got some Disney Plus impressions. We've got a Sonic movie change. Uh, do games really need to be fun? I don't know. And uh, we're going to talk about the game of the year. Check it out. Hey everybody, welcome back for another episode of Analog Out. My name's Pat, and uh, today, boy, we've got a we've got a full load for you. We've got Neil here. How you doing, buddy? What's up? We got Bowman in from Japan. Hey everybody. Hello. And uh, we got Mike. Hello. 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 Uh, yeah. So. Got a, got got some. This is basically the end of the year kind of talk. We do this every year. Uh, we like to bring up our our favorite game of the year. But before we get into all that, um, I'd say the biggest thing that happened this week is that they launched the old Disney Plus money in their pocket. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> have you guys seen any of the Disney Plus stuff? Or I saw the Mandalorian. Both episodes. I have downloaded that. I've yet to watch it. I've seen a certain screenshot from the, the episode, okay. <laughs> which I found quite it, disturbing. In my defense, I don't really subscribe to streaming services. Like The only reason I have Netflix is because I get it off my family. Yeah. Bummer, you don't have to defend you yourself anything? to not to subscribe to the service. Yeah, exactly. Uh, no. I, I don't do <laughs> streaming services either. I, I uh, no, I haven't out seen doesn't support yet. piracy. Um... Okay, well, since you guys haven't seen anything yet, we'll do a spoiler-free review of Mandalorian because me and Neil both uh, watched it. I've You saw episode two as well? Yes, sir. Okay, so if you guys have any questions, feel free to ask. But uh, my first initial right-off-the-bat uh, impressions were that it's the best Star Wars thing since Return of the Jedi. Okay. I'm gonna hands down. That's a agree bold with statement. You. No, man, they, they did everything right in this show. Well, I mean, a lot of stuff has come out since Return of I, the Jedi. I, I don't even like Star well, Wars like that. Here's the thing, though. I can't say like I haven't read all the comics, I haven't read all the books and stuff, but I'm just talking so- solely like live action stuff. Uh, if you're if you're including the sh- the animated shows, I would say it's the best thing since the Clone Wars miniseries, but. It's easily better than the last four movies they made. Plus, I would say it's better by far than the prequel trilogy. Let's say trilogy. Star Wars acknowledging themselves as finally the space western was an amazing right, like, yeah. feel throughout the show. I don't know. I, I mean, I feel stupid even mentioning it having not played it, but something like Knights of the Old Republic. Okay, or... see, so I didn't, I'm not talking about games. I didn't play oh, that, but I'm just solely okay. talking about like film because he said like the best star wars thing yeah the best star wars video release all right uh easily since return of the jedi and here's why i'd buy Um, that finally action okay well i mean i mean aside from the action and stuff that in the budget the budget's insane i mean this is it's a 30 minute show these are 30 minute episodes but we're talking that's why episode two disappointed me though i mean these are like these are like fifty million dollar episodes of, of for thirty minutes. They're f- all practical effects, 
the costumes, uh, the sets, everything incredible. But even beyond all that, the reason why I loved it so much was it it does everything that a Star Wars spinoff or a sequel should do in that it expands all the lore and things like that. But it does it in a way that the other Star Wars spinoffs haven't been able to do, which is um, basically just they they don't rub your face in it. They're not like, hey, remember this guy? Remember this ship? Oh, you know, the Jedi, the Rebellion. Like, they don't, they don't talk about any of that shit. It's just solely the main character shows up, he meets maybe an alien of a race that you're familiar with, and you learn more about that race and, like, what they what they do and how they how they interact with people and stuff and that's what i mean when i say like they've expanded the lore in the best possible way without being like remember this yeah like especially like not trying to rip off the old what they had i just loved how like it was this western but it had this like rpg element like he's upgrading his armor and it shows later on Mm -hmm. like the attention to detail in the show is amazing i do feel like Episode one, episode two should have just been combined. Well, that that is, I mean, I wouldn't say it's a complaint of mine. It's just that's just the way it is. It these these are bite sized episodes. It I don't know. Feels man. Like a, if we have eight episodes per season, I don't need a filler episode. Is that how many episodes there are? Yeah, eight episodes. So it's a very short show. Uh, with a show, the scope when we're talking about budget and stuff, it's it's short. I mean, he shows up. There's, you know, there's three acts in a show. It's 10 minutes an act. It's he shows up, talks to somebody, moves on act 2, does something, moves on that for 10 minutes, moves. It's a it's a very quick short show. I I personally I'm not used to seeing like a high budget live action show that's only 28 minutes or that's whatever. That's really surprising to me because for whatever reason, I was under the impression that they were hour long. Well, and I episodes. think yeah, it so was I because that's just the format of live action TV nowadays, but you think it has to do with the expense? It like, might it, it was all produced and then they decided, okay, well how can we'll we split cut it in this eight up? episodes? Yeah. I mean, they need people to be subscribed to Disney Plus beyond the like trial period. That's why they also didn't just release it all at once. I, I feel like with Star Wars, it's like, all right, let's just do it in small increments so we don't mess it up for the fans. Because they have been doing that completely. Yeah. I mean, they're bite-sized chunks. There's, uh, it. it's, to me, it's pretty much exactly what I wanted when Disney originally bought Star Wars. I thought that this is what it was going to be like, and it hasn't been. They've relied way too heavily on nostalgia, and it's... This is... I mean, this is perfect. In my mind, like, a perfect example, and this is a... You know, it's not really a spoiler, but in the first, like, scene of the first episode, basically, he he talks to somebody, and the guy... He's a bounty... The main character is a bounty hunter. The guy tries to pay him, and he tries to pay him in Imperial credits. This takes place in between episodes six and seven. And uh, he tries to pay him in Imperial credits, and he's like, these are, I don't want these. These are worthless. The Empire's gone. And he just goes, well, they still spend. And he opts to take Mon Calamari money instead for half the amount. And that's the end of the conversation, and that's the only time in the whole show so far that the empire's even been mentioned the rebellion's never been mentioned it was just a passing thing of 
oh, here's some M- Imperial credits. And he's like, nah, I don't want these. And that was it. It, it, it wasn't like, what? Imperial credits? But Luke Skywalker and the Jedi yeah. and the Rebellion defeated the well, Empire years that, ago. Like, that's it, always been what's frustrating about everything Star Wars, like post the original trilogy, is that they seem to you know fall so hard on the original characters and the themes when it's like you have an entire universe, right? And you can be as creative as you want, and people will buy it. So, you know, I'm not going to spoil, but. From that one shot I saw from the end of the first episode, I'm willing to bet you know what I'm talking about. And to right. your point, it's I, like bringing back Boba Fett without really bringing back Boba Fett. Well, Boba Fett was so inconsequential. Like he gained uh, the status. That, like, I'm glad hung. that they did this instead of the Boba Fett movie that they had planned because Boba the Mandalorian Fett is an action figure. Yeah, yes. exactly, exactly. Mandalorian as a concept is far more interesting than Boba Fett as a character. The Mandalorians are a area of Star Wars that they've not expo- explored at all in the movies and they're an extremely interesting uh race of of people. They're 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 like a militaristic almost tribal society that's force sensitive, but they're not Jedi's and uh they don't really explore they're not like super force sensitive, but they're like they that makes them better in combat and like that stuff's far more interesting to me than uh, Boba Fett, who's a cool badass because he's got a nice ship and got Han Solo. <laughs> yeah, no, um, I think the uh, what, what's his name, Mando? I guess that's uh, no. It's, it, it, they haven't they haven't said his name. <laughs> Mando Space Lord Mando, Mando the Mandalorian. <laughs> Well, I, I, I bro, refer to him as Mando. Brother to D. Thank, thank Christ his name's not Mando. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they refer to him as. Yeah, so, I mean, overall, did, no, they refer to him as Mandalorian. No, uh, when he's at the bar in the beginning, they call oh. him Mando. Yeah, uh, I mean, overall, though, without going into spoilers, really awesome show. Uh, if you're into Star Wars at all, and you long for the old days of star wars this pretty much it feels like star wars without just being like hey remember this what was it dragonfly what was that uh series firefly firefly Firefly. you like firefly you probably like this this is very different than firefly i think well for me like for me i've been like i've been tuning out everything star wars related for such a long time that yeah like you've got me Pretty interested in it, Pat, just because I just don't even pay attention to all the shit that comes out now, because there's just so much of it. Well, one of the reasons why this is a good show is, I'm going to say, if you're not, like, a hardcore Star Wars fan, don't bother watching this show. And that's fine, because that's kind of been the problem with the new Star Wars movies, is they're trying to appeal to everyone, and... This doesn't appeal to everyone. If you're not interested in Star Wars, if you're not interested in the world or the 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 different alien races and 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 just the the various different lore of of Star Wars, this isn't really going to interest you. And that's that's a good thing. 
after I, after Last Jedi and Force Awakens. I, I disagree. I'm not really into the lore of Star Wars or anything like that, but because it's so action, the pacing of the show itself and, and like the whole Western feel too, it pulls me in and makes me want to learn a little bit more about like, hey, who who are these Mandalorians? Sure, but it's not like a really. I mean, it's not like a super deep dramatic show but it's that's, not gonna, that's it's not a problem that's a problem with star wars i don't want something super right and that's and well and that's what i like yeah. about it is it doesn't need to 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 be but this i think that concept is universal i think more people will like it even if you don't like star wars because you don't have to be attached to lore you don't have to be like it'll grab your attention from the beginning to the end sure fair enough so it's a recommend for me um me like too. like neil said it's it's a western in space, and that's a very, it's pretty tried and true formula at this point. Like Firefly is a good example. People like oh, people like westerns in different settings. I don't think people like westerns that much <laughs> no. in actual Gross. western settings. But it's like the least the, popular, least produced genre right. of the past how many decades? Yeah. So. Uh, and then also, while we're on the topic of Disney Plus, uh, I watched the Imagineering Story, which is like a documentary series uh, on on the on the streaming service. And this is more probably for me and Bowman, but it was it's it's basically the first. It's a six part mini series, and the first episode dives into the creation. And first several years of uh, Disneyland, we've got interviews with like the creators of the attractions and things like that. It's got footage of them making the first animatronics and stories from what it was like back then, where basically they'd never done anything like it. And Walt would have an idea and would just be like, "Can you do it?" And they'd be like, Pro- "Probably not." And he'd be like, "All right, we'll figure it out." <laughs> and <laughs> That's kind of the gist of the show. Is it's an hour? These are hour long episodes. It was an hour long documentary. It's a six part series, so I imagine like this basically went up to when Walt died in like sixty seven. So I imagine the next episode will be um, focused on the Florida project, and then after that, you know, the the eighties, and then the fifth fourth episode will be nineties. Fifth episode will be like uh, Euro Disney and Hong Kong and things like that, and then. And then the six episodes will be like modern day rides, but it's all focused on the theme parks and the creation of the rides. And uh, did they talk about him freezing himself? No, but they did show the <laughs> uh, basketball court in the Matterhorn. Oh. Yes. So, um, did you watch this, Bowman? Uh, no, but I'm familiar with that story. Well, everyone knows the story, but it was like, okay, is the story actually true? And it so really for wasn't. us that don't know the story, could you elaborate? The story is that there's a basketball court underneath the Matterhorn. Uh, there it is. Not, well, yeah, yeah. And it wasn't a real basketball court. It's just a hoop that's up in the break area. But um, they showed they showed that and just kind of um, what it took to create it. The Matterhorn was the first steel roller coaster ever made. Um, and at the time, it was like... They'd never done anything like that, and uh, Walt was just like, yeah, like build this mountain, and uh, we're going to have the Skyway go through it, and uh, we want the we want like a roller coaster going through the mountain, and, and they're like, I don't, we don't know how to do this, <laughs> which was basically the gist of 
the show for for a lot of it was just he was like, yeah, it's gonna be great. Do this, this, and this. Do you think you could do it? And they're like, maybe. And he's like, cool, do it. Little do people know that's how <laughs> business works. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have an idea. Figure it out. Yeah. Well, exactly. I mean, that's why Roy Disney was so great because they were because Roy Disney was always like the, the sensible brother out of the both of them. Well, and that's the thing, like, is, and that's that's what they focus on in the documentary too. Is like Roy is constantly like, uh. So yeah. we have to pay for this, and Walt would be like, "Cool, mortgage our business," and he's like, yeah. "That's not a good idea," and he'd be like, "Do it anyway," and then Roy would begrudgingly get the money from the bank, and it all worked out. It did all work out, and they actually talk about that quite a bit. Where it's like, before Disneyland, they were a small company. They were, they had a couple movies that were decent hits, but you know, you don't like. A small movie company nowadays, you don't see them building a hundred acre multi billion dollar theme park. And, you know, that's like, that was a big deal at the time. Everyone thought they were crazy and that it was too far away from LA. That there was no way that it was too expensive. It was too far from LA. There wasn't accessible yeah. transit there. Nobody was going to go. Uh, theme parks were you dying. Build it, they will come. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Feel the dreams. Pre- I think that even even like the the media like preview and stuff was kind of a flop too. So they were still worried. Did they talk about that? Oh yeah. And then they talked about it for months after the release. The newspapers and stuff panned it. People loved it, and it was always at capacity when it first opened. But all the like journalists and stuff said it was shit. That that's amazing. oh yeah. Well, it had a really rough opening too. Like the yeah opening so, was really you'd have to take a, a really quick a mess. break. I gotta go pee pee. Alright, you better start now. Alright. Can't you, like, get arrested for that in Japan? <laughs> Vaping? Oh, you're right, right. <laughs> Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if it's illegal in Japan. Nah, I see people vape. Really? They're real big on their cigarettes in Japan. They do love them. Right, but I've seen people vape occasionally. Yeah, cigarette... Or Japan was crazy. Like, people were smoking... They have a smoking room in, like, the trains and stuff. Yeah, and then oh, also yeah, like in the, the malls. Restaurants, restaurants like, you can smoke. Yeah, and like in the shopping malls, they have a little uh, smoking room in the in the mall. And it, and the walls are just brown. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you go into one of those, like, conveyor belt sushi places and you see someone's cigarette butt go by. <laughs> yeah, they allow you to smoke in restaurants. I know that um, they're trying to ban it for the, like... They're trying to crack down on it for the Olympics. Doesn't China have the plague going on right now? China? This is Japan. The plague? Get your your, uh, Asian country. No, I said China has the plague. It's racist. The plague? plague? Yeah. There's a form of the plague going on around Yeah, it's called communism. (laughs) No, like the black plague. (laughs) They're a plague to hospitality workers. I know that. Apparently the black plague. (laughs) Anyway, so I would highly recommend the uh, Imagineering... (laughs) Story, uh, Bowman, where are, we where are you at recorded? on this? Yep, <laughs> this whole time. <laughs> where am I at? Yeah, where are you at on the Imagineering story? Are you, are you chomping at the bit? I want to see it for sure, but yeah, I mean, like, as somebody who's been like studying this and reading multiple books on it, I'm curious to see if they have anything that I haven't like seen before. Well, they've got like interviews, cool like modern day interviews with the Imagineers from the 50s. That's so, cool. yeah. So I would I would be surprised if there was if there wasn't at least some things in there that you hadn't heard or seen already. Do you want to know why I want Disney Plus? Sure. Duck wing duck. 
What? Darkwing Duck, oh. man. Sorry, trouble here. In Darkwing Duck. Um, back Old to school, baby. the current topic. Are, wait, um, are gar- gargoyles on there, too? Yes, actually. Holy shit. For the first Holy time shit. in decades, it's, they're available. Anyway, where are you saying? Um, how recent of Imagineers do they get a hold of? Like... Do you do you have any interviews with people from like the past 10, 15 years? Well, like I said, so this is the first episode out of six, and it was focused solely on. Oh, like, it's a series. Yeah, it's a six part mini series, and it's focused right now. The first episode is like nineteen fifty three to nineteen sixty seven. Okay, excuse me. I thought it was just like a standalone documentary one time. Right. Yeah, so, I'm curious who they got because most of those Imagineers are dead. Well, they had the guy who uh, created the Matterhorn. Okay. <laughs> Mike is perplexed here because Neil's taking a selfie of us. Selfie time. I'm not used to this level of flattery, <laughs> I suppose. Selfie o'clock. Uh, Neil's de- derailing you guys. So, so yeah, the Matterhorn. They had the Matterhorn creator on there. Um, they've got, like... Uh, some interviews. I don't know if the people were dead or not. If they're dead, they just use old audio interviews from them. Okay. Um, yeah, so they have footage of them. Well, what's really cool is they have footage of audiences like watching the shows from nice. the opening. So, yeah, like, they have they have footage of the audiences watching like the first uh, Tiki Room show and stuff. Like a year or so That's ago, cool. some guy like restored old like camcorder footage from his like parents or something when they went like the first couple months right. of Disneyland. I remember that. It was maybe like three minutes long total of like all the different oh, I haven't bands seen that. spliced together. Oh, really? Yeah, you and would like that. the quality of the restoration and like that sort of like glimpse into the past was mm-hmm. so interesting, even as someone who's not sort of, you know... Big Disney fan. Yeah, focused on this sort of stuff as you and Bowman, but just seeing like the original like Frontierland with the Native Americans doing their little show and yeah. riding on the real wagons around the little loop, like it seemed like yeah, such like horseback a... rides too at one point. Oh yeah, um, just like the giant sculpted whale leading into whatever attraction that was. That's still there. Yeah, that's still it, there. Yeah, it just seemed like a storyboat, an exciting Storybook time. Boats. Yeah, yeah, it's it's cool, Bowman. If you haven't seen that, definitely check it out on YouTube. It's like uh, from the opening, basically, or like the opening year, and it's uh, like colorized uh, camcorder footage. I will definitely check that out. So, yeah, uh, highly recommend the Imagineering story, and apparently they've got some other stuff coming that's like that, so I'll be checking that shit out when it comes. Moving on, uh, you guys see the new Sonic trailer? I did. I did. I think everybody did, Neil. Yes, I did. All right, so uh, they changed the look of Sonic due to fan outcry. So much better. Yeah, absolutely. And now I think um, that was really the only issue with the movie. Now I think it's going to be 10 out of 10. I'm (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to watch it either way. Uh, You're going to watch it either way? I feel very bad for everyone involved in that production. Well, I don't know how much of the movie was done, but they must have wasted so much money 
doing because they have to go frame by frame. It's their fucking fault. How did they look at that shit and think it was okay? I heard someone explain it as the old model looked like a teenager in a suit, and I'm like, yeah, it it it, it was ghastly. I don't know what it looked like, but it, it was it unsettling. Were the, they the were s- trying to go for like an '80s like puppet look with it, almost where uh, I think just that's the, the way sunken they were trying, in like, eyes and the human and the teeth. Yeah, he was stuff, too like, human. Like my brain couldn't register that shit right. His he had white hands. Yeah, it was weird. It was it was horrific, and the 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 redesign is. So so much better. That's and gonna sell toys. Also, well, I don't I don't know about it's that. Sonic, what I mean, man. it's not a new character. Like this is a franchise that is so lacking in enthusiasm at this point. It just boggles my mind who was able to convince the production that it was worth the time to actually redo it. And because they, God, Jim Carrey. Well, <laughs> and he's probably going to be the only redeemable part of the whole movie. Maybe. I, I hope so. I really do. Hey, it seems like I, he's I just... saw a little cut at him at the end as uh, Dr. Roboto at the end. Like, he was that, all... Mr. Roboto. That <laughs> seems like some sort of, like, end credit scene or something. Like, no, nah, I think it be. may be real. Or maybe like a last end cut. I think no. I think it was a, just a bullshit thing they put in there because it's very clear that they're in like the Sonic world. In the background, it looks like Green Hill Zone or something. And like, yeah, I think it was just something that's going to be five seconds, and they put it in the trailer because people would be like, "Look, it's Sonic." Basically, I mean, I, maybe I think- because Sonic uses like that his ring to transport them in different places and stuff. I could I could see them like having like a quick dumb scene where just uh, exactly. he accidentally transports well, them back to like a real Sonic well, scene. Well, because we're, yeah. we're two trailers in and there's been a, a collective one second of of footage yes. like that. So it's not going to be any meaningful part of the movie. I think it's just going to be a quick, stupid little like whoa! But with moment. Jim Carrey, I think, I think they secured him and he showed up and he has a basic rundown of the scene and they're just like, okay... Do your thing, yeah. Almost like Ghostbusters 2016 style or whatever. I mean, that's what that they was. did. Ghostbusters 1984 too, pretty much. But I just think he's beyond that point where he can combine his talents and what the character's supposed to be to make it something special. Because to me, I saw those trailers and I'm like, this is Jim Carrey trying to be wacky Jim Carrey. Like, I didn't feel like. I was watching Ace a Ventura? Sonic character. <laughs> the trailer That's the very is, beginning of his career. <laughs> the trailer is definitely the second trailer is so much better than the first one. Sure, in composition, but how much of that has to do with that redesign? And how much of the movie are they putting in this trailer? Well, I've seen like two trailers of this. Thing, Approximately so. two and a half minutes. Okay. Well, <laughs> some key pop. <laughs> it, it, it will not make its money back. I'm predicting that. Uh, I, I would say that's a safe prediction. It will flop, and it will be, and then we'll see another movie in thirty years. I think like, why we they took to the fans. all of the internet's enthusiasm about hating on the design and thought, look at how much buzz this is generating. If we just fix this one thing, we're going to have this huge audience. But nobody really cares to see the movie. No, they just want to hate on the design. Absolutely. So. 
like everyone's reveling in the fact that oh like the collective finally got a soulless studio to change something and i guess that's a badge of pride or something but it's not gonna it's not gonna work out for him i i didn't know that was a thing i just didn't want to look at that old sonic anymore i thought we were all just happy we didn't have to see that oh no yeah i don't like have to see anything cry. i'm not gonna see it still <laughs> oh ads anywhere you go to the next movie trailer I'll download it and watch it. I mean, rent it. Analog. <laughs> I'm in no rush to see this movie. I, I never I, uh, have, have no in drive my life it. thought as Sonic as something that needed a narrative. So is there going to be the Sonic, the game for the movie? I sure hope so. Great. They really need another uh, piss poor game in the series. <laughs> it could be a. <laughs> it could be a 2D fighter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, actually, a fun fact regarding the movie redesign is that they brought in the guy who designed uh, Sonic Mania to do the redesign for Sonic, which I think is good because Sonic Mania is the only good thing they've done in like 25 years. So, I, Well, that they I, paid other people to Sonic do. Mania. Yeah, exactly. Uh, anyway, I mean, that's all we really can say about old Sonic the Hedgehog, the movie. Yeah, did a good job, but it's what studio is producing that? By the way, is it Columbia? I don't, know. I don't fucking know. Let me let me let me do a fact check on that. But it's probably some probably some twentieth century Fox bullshit. Not anymore. Not after that Disney purchase. Oh, true. Let's see who's making the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Uh, it's gonna be. Well, the production companies... God, I've never heard of any of these. Blur Studio, Original Film, Marza Animation. Oh, it's Paramount. Okay. It's being distributed by Paramount. Yeah. Don't worry, guys. We got it down. Uh, Only a $90 million budget, so it's got to make like... It's got to make like $300 million to make any money in it. I don't see that happening at all. It... Uh, all right, so on a scale of one to ten, though, how hyped are you for Cyclops in the movie? What? James Marsden. Oh, <laughs> you're <laughs> right. That is right him. there. <laughs> I'm, I'm not psyched for anything in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> nothing. There's nothing in the movie that appeals to me. No. What about the popped corn? Does that appeal the, to you? The popcorn. The popped corn. I, I like the rationalization in the movie where he's. Can like, we move oh. on from this shit? <laughs> yeah, we'll move on. So recently at a, uh, a shareholder meeting, I believe Nintendo president mentioned that uh, they have no plans whatsoever to lower the price on any of their consoles. They want to keep this train rolling forever. So, uh, just curious to get your guys' thoughts on Switch nearing its third anniversary. It is a tablet uh, of extremely outdated technology, and uh, they're not planning on lowering the price from $300 at all in the foreseeable future. Uh, What are you guys' thoughts here? Wasn't going to pay it. Didn't pay it. Have a switch. Yeah, that's right. You did get your switch used. You're a real fiscally well, respons- responsible switch owner. I think 
they're going about it like the, the right way in terms of like a business. They still put value on the newer models. Like the new model came out where it has better battery. Sure, they but your average lights, Joe so they Schmo have the lower even, tier. Your average Joe Smo doesn't even know that there is a new model. Yeah, when I got mine, I was sure, like, super insecure about that. that. Never used it handheld. Yeah, but I'm. But what I'm saying is, they're still selling at the same price model, but the same price. But they're not like still making the same exact product. They are making hardware revisions as they uh, as they come. Uh, so I'm not like completely. I'm I'm not surprised or even like disappointed or anything. Just very just yeah, that's the business. This what is about like the their, Lite, man? their best selling console so far, correct? Uh. I believe it's. I think it might be selling faster than the Wii. I don't know the actual details on that. At the very least, it's their second best-selling console mm-hmm. ever. Uh, it's hard and, to judge just because they're combining both their markets well, now with this one. Right. It's. I mean. I mean, it's at a. Why would you? Why would you? Uh, I just think that at this point, you're... Do you have a Switch, Mike? No, I don't. And I I wouldn't pay the current price. If it was lowered, I might consider it. So that's what I'm thinking. Like, at what point do you change your mindset from, well, this is selling really well, we're not going to waver, to a mindset that's more like, well, we want to start to capture more of the market that isn't going to jump in at this price point. If we can make a profit for selling it at 220 or 250 then let's do it. I think that's inaccurate because you got to look at the price of the games, which are higher. Yes, than the price most. of the games is very high. All the accessories. What are the price of the games? The games never go down in price. Like Zelda's 60 still bucks. sixty dollars. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, why are you gonna buy the cow when they're giving the milk for free? Kind of thing where it's still selling really well. Why lower the price? I feel like they kind of pigeonhole themselves, though, into not being able to lower the price because if they lower the price of the original model to, like, $200, they can't sell the Switch Lite at $200. That's the other facet of it, which is the other models. Yes. I feel like Nintendo always puts out these Lite versions, like the 2DS and shit like that, that they don't put a lot of attention to. It's going to fade out. Hopefully. And I would even spend more money if that higher model offered like extremely substantial improvements but as it is it's like none of the models like really appear my to real me. issue with it is that the way that they've have the te- the way that the technology is made with the tablet and and things like that first of all tablets smartphones they're outdated in two months so you could you could argue that it's been three years now they could be making they're probably making that tablet for half or a third of the price of uh, that they originally were. And yes, for $300, you could make a much more powerful system now. But once again, you have the kind of the situation where it's why why bother when people are still buying it and uh I I don't see them focusing more on like a hardcore like 4K market type of deal. I think that's where it's headed. That's where it needs to go, and they're always behind when it comes to that that stuff. But, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's it just no no Switch Pro, 4K in the future. I think eventually you'll see something like that. I don't think it'll be particularly great 
from a performance standpoint, I think it'd be I think better. it's becoming more likely that we're going to see just another generation before we well, really yeah, get I mean, significant we're, upgrades. We're, we're nearing uh, three years, so I, I feel like it's only been out for like a year and a half. That we're nearing three years, and if they can stretch this, if they can even keep selling at the rate that they're selling for another year, and then be like. And then, it, so let's say at the four-year mark, it starts to slow down. Then they say, okay, we're developing our new Switch 2. And what? I got to take a timeout. Oh, all right. Mike's got to take a timeout. Continue talking, because as a non-owner, I don't have much to say. So I think, like, if they can stretch it to, like, four years where it's still selling as well as it as well as it is, and then they go, oh, and then we got Switch 2 on the horizon in a year and a half, two years, like in that point, by the five-year mark, maybe it starts to wane, and then they're like, well, the Switch 2 is coming out in six, seven months. I, I just feel like they haven't fully explored the console whatsoever. Like, wh- what are the main games? We discussed at some point. I mean, I feel like there should be more game releases, at least two Zelda games on the console. Well, the second Zelda is coming. We're going to get that. Yeah, Zelda 2 is coming out. Animal Crossing is coming in a couple months. Uh, Metroid, Metroid Prime, Prime 4. 3. Uh, before, rather. Yeah. Um, the major releases are coming. They At this point, this is the... I would say this is the most robust release uh, cycle since... Maybe the GameCube? Yeah, I was going to say I'm very happy with the GameCube. Yeah, the GameCube was kind of... Although it didn't sell very well, and it was kind of like not a failure, but it didn't do well. That library, they had everything on there, everything. They they hit every single franchise, except much. Mario Maker. Except for well, that wasn't that didn't exist. <laughs> except for Mario Maker, they they uh, should have created it for the GameCube. So pissed. About all that. right, all right. <laughs> so so really just. They, they they did everything for the GameCube. They're kind of doing the same thing with the Switch, where it's just there hasn't been maybe WarioWare. Like, I can't think of too many other franchises that have been MIA. You know, F-Zero would be nice, but we still got another few. Like, we're not even at the three-year mark, so the games are not the issue. I think it's mostly hardware. I mean, this system, even in docked mode, most of the shit plays in, like, 720p. Yeah, I just got Zelda Breath of the Wild and... Visually, I wasn't impressed. I was just like, oh, this looks kind of shit. Yeah, I mean, it's a Wii U game. Yeah. So, it's... Yeah, that's kind of the main focus, and I Persona think... Persona 4 cell shading looks amazing. I don't know why they can do something like that. Persona 4 or 5? Five? Five, 5, 5. Yeah, well, that's a PS4 game. I mean, if you put... I think that if I think that if they do release a, a newer model, and then they do, like, a, maybe a like 4K patch... Like Nintendo does a 4K patch for things like Zelda and they they won't. and Mario Odyssey that would be a big that would be a big win, but I mean for me I think it'll continue and improve just naturally. Nintendo will always be five years behind, but I think they've proven that there is a market for people who just don't really care about uh, the the level of hardware they have and they just want, they just want to have have a place they can access all their games like conveniently, and yeah. that's what it is for me. So, I mean, like, even for me, like, I have a PS4. I'm playing Overwatch and Fortnite on my Switch just because it's just convenient for me to have it all in one place. And there are a lot of people like me out there. There's a lot, but there are, there's a giant market of people who do care about high quality graphics and everything, too. But I think Nintendo has proven that 
they don't really have to market that way. They just don't. Yeah. Like, there's PlayStation and Xbox already do that. Yeah, and I, I don't think Nintendo's betting on the third-party games as they are the first-party games. You can only get Smash Brothers on our console. You can only get Zelda on our console. Yeah. Well, at the end of the day, like, if you, ha- if you, if you have a console that's, that people want and people are buying it, third parties will naturally come. That's how it's always been, and that's what's happening now. Every third party that in the past has said, we're not developing a Switch release, at least if they have, if they aren't doing it now, they're highly considering it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just... I just don't want to see them do what they what every game company does when they are doing well, which is get full of themselves and like, heh, price drop? Why? And then... <laughs> Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, like the Wii is a great example where they did great, and what's like that's their, in my opinion, and and a lot of other people's, that's the worst fucking console they ever released. And after the first year or two, when they had a lot of like great games come out at first, it turned into a shovelware piece of shit that nobody ever used. Yeah, the Wii only got fun. After it was a happened. Trojan horse for sure. It was a yeah. Trojan horse. Yeah. So all right, they marketed a. To- it was a toy. That yes, sold really well. Exactly. One last thing I want to talk about before we get on to our game of the year talk is uh, with the release of uh, Death Stranding, which I don't think any of us have played. No, nope. but I heard a lot about it. Uh, there's been a lot of the main criticism of the game is that it's not fun. It's a runner. And uh, I don't care about the game per se. That's not what this talks about. But I was curious to get your guys' opinions on um, if you thought that games, video games have to be fun in order to be good. So as a big Metal Gear fan, I really wanted to play this. But after five, I feel kind of disappointed and let down with their open like their transition to open world. Um, and it's kind of like, I feel like when they go to open world, just go to point A, drop this off, go to point B, drop this off. And that's kind of the main criticism of this game. Yeah. And I hear it's a lot of that in this game too. Um, I mean, feel free to tear the statement apart however you want, but I think asking if games need to be fun is like asking if alcohol needs to get you drunk. Mm. Like that's the point. Okay, I, I thought I, you were going to go in a different direction there, but... No, I am I can put up with, <laughs> you know, certain lengthy amounts of cutscenes if it ties in to the overall gameplay and the story. But if I'm watching two hours of cutscenes and then the half hour of game that I'm playing is just going from point A to point B to get to the next cutscene... Yeah. At that point, it's almost like just just make a TV series or something. Right. Well, someone said to me uh, in regards to the to the game recently, um, our friend Tom, he was like, uh, "Oh, I've heard the game is like really interesting and stuff, and it's more it's really like cinematic." And I told him, um, as far as because the game is, I told him the game is supposed to be boring and that the you know the it's inter- it's supposed to be relatively interesting, but. What I told him in response was, I wouldn't watch a 60-hour movie from Tarantino or from Scorsese. I'm not watching, I'm not going to play a 60-hour game that's supposed to have a cool story just 
to get the story. Yeah, I watched like a couple like 20 minute long videos summarizing the story because that's what interested me from the get go. And I thought that as more stuff came out that I would see a fun and interesting game to back that up. Well, you thought wrong. And I thought wrong. And I don't feel guilty at all looking at that because Game. that's all I was interested in. Yeah. And having, now that I know the story and knowing what I missed, would I have been willing to slog through that much like tedious gameplay to get those points? No, I, I would not have been willing to do that. So I'm glad that I just went ahead and, and looked it up. Bowman, where are you at on this? Uh, I mean, in terms of uh, just to bounce back that analogy of like, alcohol as opposed to get you drunk for me like i don't drink to get drunk typically i drink to enjoy like the flavor or like to relax um so in terms of like i know your analogy is like uh the point it's supposed to affect your state <clears throat> drinking uh, relax yeah I, yeah I mean yeah i mean i drink a beer after but a long do you not play a game to, like, to, to enjoy I, it I'm getting into it. Like, I'm getting into my point. I'm opening up with responding to that analogy. Right. I, I could have used um, a number of analogies. Just, like... It's not a... Okay, let's... let's forget the I, alcohol I understand analogy. what he means, in lack of better words. Okay. So, what I'm trying to say is that, for me, like, I play visual novels, and I actually do play, like, games and stuff that are pretty much just, like, very little interaction, and it's just all story-based, or... There is gameplay, but it's not, like, difficult gameplay or, like, even particularly, like, quote, fun gameplay. An example? So, someone like but me... You gain, but you gain if, enjoyment from, from seeing the story, though, right? Exactly. That's what I'm trying to get at here. Like, I do think that there is something for... Like, life is strange. ...storytelling games, but I will say that it's not a mass appeal, though, and this game was definitely meant to be a giant, well, the, like, the blockbuster issue, game. The issue is that... Not like you're talking about a visual novel, and this is the problem is that this is like uh, 40 hours by of, visual of novel. Walking. Are we talking about like heavy rain? Sure, rain? like no, even less so than that, really. Like, just like a like a storybook, basically. Does anybody make, have a game title? Bowman, rattle off some game titles for him. <laughs> I don't know, like the Phoenix Wright series, that's like. Very there little gameplay, visual novel game. Yeah, that's a uh, spot on, spot on example. Like All those hentai dating games you got over there. Yeah, I'm there sure. you go, dating sim games. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you got um, true love right here. You left that one for me on my book. There you go. You can you went. show them that goodie. Uh, <laughs> so that's a big box. Not actually, examples I was I was meaning to imply, but go ahead. <laughs> um, but the difference is that. Uh, now like, it's porn video games. The difference is that with with like Death Stranding and the visual novels is that your ba- is the problem is that it's forty hours of of like boring technical like shitty boring like gameplay to get the twenty hours of yeah I feel like cutscenes g- gameplay definitely trumps story like you were saying Overwatch you can play Overwatch it has no story really or you cannot get into the story but love the gameplay I mean. But, it, yeah, it's. I, I don't think it works the other way around. It was kind of a similar. It, I feel like it was a similar uh, criticism of Red Dead Redemption Two, where the game kind of teetered on the edge of being a fun game versus oh look how realistic it is because you have to like 
clean your gun and like pet your horse and shit and it's like okay well yeah rockstar really loves like patting itself on the back with the amount of like intricacy and like kind of pointless stuff it can throw into the game and i mean pointless only in the sense of that it lends to that core gameplay like it it does add a sense of realism Mm -hmm. but like the type of games Bowman enjoys, I think it really just comes down to like conveying to the consumer like what they're in for, right? And a lot of people didn't really quite know what to well, expect. Well, they were super secretive about what the game was like. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. it sucked. And yeah, I mean, one thing that extremely disappointed me trying to research this one, this game, Death Stranding, is. Um, you know you're you're highly discouraged from engaging in combat or killing other humans which is directly related to a major plot point in the game like it's something that it's really hammered in like you don't want to do so i can understand like okay so it's basically just getting from point a to point b not a lot of action because the story is telling you that's something you don't want to do but people so you're have, avoiding shit this whole game? Yeah, well, people have gone and purposefully gone against that directive just to see what happens within the game, what kind of consequences the character will face or how the world changes if you do these things. Nothing happens. Really? Nothing. Nothing A bunch of waste of money. They should have just made PT and call it a day. I, I don't know. I, I applaud him for, you know, walking his own path and doing something without no, restriction. And it's, but it's kind of it's the exact same situation with movies now where it's like I might not appreciate I might not like the movie, but we're at a point now where if you can do something unique, fine, do it. Like I uh, yeah. I respect that. So and that's that's kind of the that's kind of the situation here too, what you're saying, where it's just like might not be for me, but I at least you did something. You 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 know did your own thing. And I don't know if I like the whole celebrities being main characters in my games. Like, well, Kojima loves his mm-hmm. his celebrity friends. He's basically just using his clout as a game developer to make friends with movie stars. And then he uses uh, that's so transparent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's very clear that he's always wanted to be like a movie star or a director. And he's he's now he's kind of teasing a little bit. He's kind of putting feelers out there to be like, hey, you know, what if I made a movie? Please. Yeah, I, I yeah think his Instagram and social media stuff is just covered with him. Like, look who, look who it is. Look who I'm hanging out with. <laughs> yep. So, all right. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm a, I've always been a big proponent of yes, I need my games to be fun to play. Uh, over the years, I've always had friends who are like, you got to play this game. The story's so amazing. And I'm like, okay, well, I guarantee you that there's like books and movies that are better at story than this game. And like for me, the story is bonus. Like if the, st- like, if the story is great while the game is also great, I'm like, awesome. That's, that's a top-tier game for me. If the story's stupid... And the game is still great. That's fine. I'll still play the game. Have you well, guys for like, me, like oh. video game movies? No. Like mm. video game more than the movie? Oh, have I liked the video game more yeah. than the movie? The first thing that comes to mind is like the uh, the um, uh, 
what is the what is the movie the butcher bay uh, yeah chronicles of riddick that was what was in my mind yeah that's the first thing that comes to mind there for for me it's star wars episode three the movie oh star wars episode one racer i mean it's amazing it's amazing a futuristic racer and uh one of my favorite n64 games one of my favorite racing games of all time so yeah, I mean, occasionally games I can like more than movie. I've never liked a movie based on a game, really. So yeah, I agree with you there. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, so f- real quick, um, Rick and Morty. Sure. Yeah. If you guys want to talk about the new Rick and Morty, have at it. I don't have much to say. I mean, I'm not like a super fan or anything. It's you know Bowman. Takes a certain level of IQ to really understand. <laughs> you son of a bitch. No, I mean like, like Pat was saying with movies or games. Like as long as anyone's doing something that's like creative or interesting, like I'll bite. Like I'll give it some attention. But I'm not a part of the like fandom craze. And I thought this particular episode was maybe a little underwhelming for a season opener. But it, I, it, it was a Rick Summer and Morty story. I, I don't know what to say about it. It was, it was Rick and Morty. It, it was a little underwhelming for a season premiere, but I still loved it all the same. Um, yeah, it, it had that Rickness to it. I love uh, the holographic Rick. Slick like, Rick. He's like my favorite part of that whole episode. Yeah, he got in like the, the slide, like little SJW jabs. The, the inequality. I, I thought that the ending was extremely predictable like that's all i was thinking the entire episode was what they tried to like kind of jab in at the end as a final so you saw okay so we're gonna do all spoilers here no no we don't do spoilers on this show sorry pal we can talk about it later if you (laughs) wish i'm disappointed there was no pickle rick reference i I I know rick he's he's the number one most popular character in the show they've yet to bring him back I don't understand really I, what's going on. I with don't that. think the creators like bringing things back. Like when they have to bring dimensional TV back, they were just like, oh, I guess we're doing this again. Well, honestly, then the me- when they had to bring Mises back, they were just like, yeah. I think the show works best when it's completely like one episode is insulated from the next, like old school South Park or something like they that. They kind of are, and then they might just kind of link them together lightly. Yeah, I just. With something this out there, I just think they'd have more, I don't want to say freedom, because they obviously don't give a shit about what they have their characters doing, but... I just hope... uh, I don't need this to be serialized, is all I'm saying. I want to see more of Evil Morty. I I felt like the whole thing was teased. I was like, is this the origin to Evil Morty? I was was disappointed. Well, who is Evil Morty? Nah, I kind of like the show when it's just like episodes of gags, just a cartoon show, and then maybe like the last episode they just throw in some ridiculous story to continue on. That's that's pretty much where I'm at with it. I, I really like that Citadel episode. That's, that's a, a good, good one. one. Yeah. yeah. I'd say cool. 10 out of 10, right. Rick Morty would watch again, Pickle Rick. That's what I'm talking about, baby. So you're not a real Rick Morty. <laughs> zippity doo Game of the year. Let's talk. What, what was game your game of the, of year, the year, Mike? Oh, throwing it to me. Yeah. 
Well, I've played quite a few games this year, but trying to scroll through my phone when you mentioned this topic earlier, I noticed that many of them, or most of them, didn't come out this year. I only played a handful of games that came out this year, like Resident Evil 2 and Sekiro. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed them both, but I think if I had to give an overall best game... I gotta give it up to the goose. I'm I'm going. Did you play that? I'm going goose game. I didn't realize you played that. Yeah, I, I played the goose game recently or when it first came out. When it first came out, and you liked it a lot, huh? I did. I thought it was extremely charming. It was, I think, the perfect length for that style of game. I thought it managed to tell a story, albeit a very simple one, but. I was surprised by it, and it's one of those games that you can kind of put the controller in the hand of anyone and watch them have a good time with it. It's just as fun to watch as it is to play, and it's not flashy. It's not a AAA game with, you know, in-game purchases. It, it almost seemed like a sandbox game in disguised as like a stealth game or something. It was just a whole lot of good, wholesome fun. Okay. And... I've heard mixed things. I, I heard a lot of really great things about it, and then I also heard um, from, from uh, mostly Giant Bomb, they said that uh, some of them weren't like, said that it was okay at first, well, and then it kind of grew thin i don't want to heap on the praise too much i mean my statement here is very qualified because i've only played like four games from this year like sekiro which i've kind of played before and i wasn't a fan of the changes that FromSoft kind of implemented into their core gameplay loop if you'll say mm-hmm. resident evil 2 which is a fantastic remake but i've played it like yeah um devil may cry 5 which was eh, mediocre to me and Goose Game, which I can levy very, very few complaints against. So, you know, without just judging from other people's reviews, I have to personally go with the Goose. Cool. I'll check it out. Bowman, Game of the Year? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and just say Toe Jam and Earl back in the groove. Nice. Okay. Oh, yeah, it was this year. Yeah, I was because, not expecting that. Yeah, one. it's just, it's glitchy. It has its problems, but I've had so much fun with it. It and is It is a it's good a game. Time. It's a game that I'm going to keep coming back to years from now. Like I, I pull it out occasionally and it's, it's an hour experience. It's always fun. Well, that's yeah. a great thing Solo about it too, is that you can pull it out whenever and know that even if you beat the game, you're not going to be busy for more than an hour. Yep. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Uh, we reviewed it, gave it a great score. Really? I mean, it's everything that it should have been. Um, it's definitely buggy. But if you can look past the rough edges, it's got a level of charm, and it focuses a lot on like the co-op. And there's not enough there's not enough games coming out nowadays that that do that. Well, it managed to do couch co-op play with online play too. Like that's something that's becoming even more scarce. Like a lot of games will be like couch co-op, but it has no online play. Right. If they um, could combine that game with Goose, like maybe you're running around with a chicken, (laughs) I would lose my mind. Like a four-player Goose game? Yeah, but with different animals that each have different abilities. 
Yeah. I don't yeah, know. I, mean, I don't know which seven people in their basement made that goose game, but I hope you're listening. We need four player couch co op. <laughs> we need a barnyard brawl mode. <laughs> game of that goose. Goose Royale. Uh, real quick, um, Mike, what was your game of the year that didn't come out this year? Because you also do that usually. What's the, what's your favorite game you played this year? Didn't have to be. I think Prey. Okay, I've heard of, I've heard nothing but great things about that. I just finished Yakuza Zero, by the way. Okay, like yesterday. I really enjoyed that game. Um, it wasn't like a game of the year for me or anything, no. but I, I really had had a good time with it. I like eight point five or something. Yeah, exactly around there. That that series is just solid all around. It's not mind blowing or anything, but it's just a good good time. Uh, Neil, what's your game of the year? I'm going to have to, like, I'm torn between Mortal Kombat and Devil May Cry 5, but I'm going to give it Devil May Cry 5 for Capcom bringing it back with all their lines, um, especially, like, the remake, the last edition they had. Well, and that kind of made it seem like that was a wrap on the original series, exactly. so it's kind of surprising that they did Devil May Cry 5, yeah. And I feel like it was the one game this year that every one of my friends got on launch and were talking to each other about. Like, I don't feel like any other game has ha- created that much buzz around my circle mm-hmm. compared to anything that came out. Uh, I think Sadro was up there, but not that many people played it because of the difficulty. Well, I hated that game. And I had a strong love-hate relationship with it. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed myself while playing it, but I was equally frustrated like thinking how much more it could have been. Mm. And I would have to say a game that didn't come out this year? I, I'm going for Sonic 5. Although the redundancy is annoying the crap out of me, I had been immersed, and I love the graphics, and I could see the appeal. Yeah. Yeah, self-shading... I wish I'd see more of that in games. Yeah, well, it works perfectly because it's an anime. I'm a little disappointed. I hope uh, Breath of well, I only played like probably an hour Breath of the Wild today, so (laughs) I'm hoping it picks up. But right now, so so basically, you're still in the the opening area. Yeah, (laughs) I just I'm just so turned off by the graphics a little bit. Really? Yeah. The art style of Breath of the Wild. Yeah. That's like, Did you ever play yeah, like Wind the, Waker? Yeah. And that's fine, but Breath of the Wild is... what's what's What, what don't you like about it? Uh, just for a new console game, I just expected more. Hmm. I mean, it does look like you, shit like, at times. When he runs out and you see how vast the world is, like... Yeah, but it definitely, looks, it definitely looks like shit well, at yeah. times. Yeah. Okay, I, you know, I, I played He's it He's not on, talking about the, the art style. He's saying, like, just the, the roughness. Like, okay. if you look in the field of grass... The grass looks like a bunch of razor blades. (laughs) You got to remember, I played it on a Wii U emulator. At 4K, yeah. Yeah, with anti-aliasing and 60 frames and all that shit. Yeah, no, I mean, there's times where, yeah, I mean, it's almost, it seems like the game has no aliasing or anti-aliasing at all. Frame rate drops. Frame rate's really bad, but... The art style itself, though, you don't have any issue with no, that. No, no, no. Like it's, okay. it's Zelda art style. It's just for a new console game. Yeah, but it's really not a new console. It's, yeah, you, you know, know you're using. It, I just paid sixty bucks for this fucking game. <laughs> okay. Your average, your average iPad has more power than the Switch, so. That's that. No, that that's a don't know. That's a justifiable complaint. 
yeah. one I'm glad I didn't have to experience. I mean, if you're playing it on handheld mode, you probably wouldn't notice it, but... No, I was playing it. Well, yeah. Zelda doesn't seem like something I'm going to play on handheld mode, really. Yeah. Well, I think my... So I was thinking about this to some great extent today, and uh, it's for me, it was torn between two games, uh, Resident Evil 2 and uh, Mario Maker 2. And they're both, in a way, kind of like remakes. And that's why I was kind of torn on them. Like, ah, they've been made before, basically. And I, I, I'd finally settled on Resident Evil 2. Really? The reason for that is because everything that was great about Mario Maker 2 was made by other people. <laughs> True. <laughs> I, you just raved about it so hard I when loved it came it. out. I, I loved it. It was really good. I think it's the best Mario game in many, many years, and I think it's the best-valued game for the Switch. I think if you only... If you're like a 10-year-old kid and you can only afford one game for like a year, Mario Maker 2 is what you should get. But I think that overall... um I, I have to give the slight edge to Resident Evil 2 just because I really enjoyed the hell out of that game. Um, Single-player, story-based, story-focused experience. Uh, it was so polished. It felt so good running around, kneecapping zombies and shit. Um, yeah, I, I only... I, I, I can't give... The only reason I don't give Mario Maker 2 the edge is because I didn't give a shit about the single-player stuff. It was all multiplayer shit that I liked. It was all the the multiplayer maps, and some of them were uh, phenomenal. The online was terrible. I've yet to play with any of my friends online, and the reason for that is because everything I've ever heard is like, do not fucking play this online. It's awful. Lars and I tested it the other day, and it just didn't work at all. Yeah, it's it's been out for seven months now or whatever, six months, and and Bum played the other day. It still sucks. Like, it's unplayable online. So, yeah, there's some really, really fucking great levels, and there's some really great content on there, and you could play for the next thousand years and never play the same level twice, but uh, it just, as a game from a development company that was put out as a product, Resident Evil 2, my game of the year, uh, it was kind of a quiet year. Uh, It's no 2018. Yeah, uh, Animal Crossing, if it had come out, probably would have been my game of the year, but it was delayed. Doom Eternal probably would have been my game of the year, but it was delayed. Yeah, and there's a couple more that I mean to play before the year's up. Like, I just started playing Control once I finished Yakuza. I thought that was a VR game. No. Okay. I'm actually looking forward to Star Wars Fallen Order. Uh, yeah, that wasn't on my radar, but now I might give it a shot. It's on my radar road. now, but uh, it'll be $15 in a few months, so... Yeah, that's the thing. Um, yeah. And, um, you know, Outer Worlds I might play I'm eventually. I'm highly interested in Outer Worlds. Mm-hmm. Highly. Luigi's I, Mansions looks really good. Luigi's Mansion I'm interested in. I just... I almost bought it recently along... I almost bought Star Wars, but I'm like... It, neither of those games stuck out to me as I need to play them immediately, and I have so many yeah. games that I can play. Uh, yeah. Just an off, off note. Um, well, I guess we'll get into what we've been playing and, and what we're what we've been doing. So for me, just a side note. I or, today I ordered the uh, Sega 
justifier for the Sega Genesis is the revolver light gun because I'm gonna nice. start playing. I'm gonna start playing uh, Snatcher. Have you seen that new uh, arcade game that they showed off at IAPA? No. The, it's uh, I forget the name of the company. They made Space Invaders, but it's it's like a light gun game except it uses real airsoft pellets. I did okay. Yes, you, like, I did. You see shoot this. at the screen. I did see this. Yeah, uh, it's kind of novel, but I almost feel like what's the point? Because a lot of those guns already give like such great force feedback that I, I don't really know what the point of shooting the yeah, actual pellet is. Uh, you know, one time I saw a uh, arcade game that was you like shoot. A, it's like a skeet shooting game. You shoot a uh, little teacup, and it's an actual ceramic teacup, and it, you shoot it, and it explodes. Oh, yeah. There's like, yeah, yeah, then yeah, it, yeah, yeah. And that. then it all comes back together when the next game starts or whatever. It was like a coffee oh. mug or whatever. Yeah. yeah, I remember that. Like all on wires or something? It was, I think, wires magnetized, something like that. Uh, it was magic, man. It was cool looking. Yeah. So All right. But yeah, so I'm getting ready to play Snatcher. I started. Um, I really dug into uh, Bloodstained today. Uh, I bought it at oh, lunch, nice. and then I think I got distracted with something else and never got around to playing it. So today, I I, I dug into it for several hours. I'm I'm about fifteen percent into the game now. Completion. Um, I'm waiting for that to be dirt cheap. Man, I, it's, I think it's already gotten to that point. I think I've seen it as low as like 20 bucks physical. Yeah. Uh, really great. Uh, it's Symphony of the Night, essentially. It's, I mean, that's what it is. It's not, it's, they're not allowed to call it Castlevania, but it is a Metroidvania game created by the guy who did Castlevania Symphony of the Night, and it's very much Symphony of the Night, and it is really well done. Uh, you know, a little rough around the edges. Had a lot of bugs when it first came out, and uh, I was a little annoyed actually because I was about half an hour, an hour in when I first bought the game, and then I picked up my save work today, and it was so buggy when it first came out that um, one of my favorite YouTube channels, GameSack, had a partnership with the developers, and if you put in your name as GameSack in the opening of the game, you get a special. You get uh, the Sega Genesis power strip that they made for in the '90s for all the add-ons for the Genesis, and it so it's like the Sega power strip, and then it says GameSec on it. It's like a special weapon that you get if you're and uh, it was so buggy that I did that and I didn't get the item, <laughs> and now they fixed it with like a patch and stuff, but I didn't want to start my save over. So yeah, I've played too many of those like metrovania style games to be interested in it right now but maybe but this maybe is later. different this is different because it's mechanic wise it feels like a sequel to symphony of the night so i played a lot of those metroidvania games too but they all have their own feel to it and yeah like i think i went through ori in the blind forest and like hollow knight this year yeah i mean at the very least I recommend the Bloodstained uh, prequel that they released as a Kickstarter bonus because that's just basically a like a remake of Castlevania Three. It's not a, Cas- a Metroidvania; it's a linear uh, side-scrolling 
Castlevania game, basically, and, and that was phenomenal. I got that on the Switch from Limited Run, and uh, I loved it. Played mm-hmm. through it completely. So, um, Bowman, what are you? Uh, what have you been doing lately? Uh, game wise, um, I started Resident Evil, but I haven't Bowman? touched it in a while. But Resident Evil uh, Two, Phoenix Wright, Phoenix Wright, chill. Uh, no, for the first one, I, I still haven't beat it because I just picked it up and I put it down. I'll, I'll pick it back up soon. But um, I've been playing Phoenix Wright Trilogy because I've been traveling a lot in the train, long distances. So Phoenix Wright Trilogy at the moment, and also Fortnite and Overwatch. I've been playing Overwatch a lot on my Switch actually. Again, getting back into it. Oh, okay. Uh, so you're playing the Resident Evil remake? Yeah, Resident Evil One remake. Okay. Fortnite, but and then what was the other game? Yeah, well, because uh, Overwatch for Switch. Because what I'm trying to do right now, I'm like trying to like implement Japanese language in every aspect of like entertainment for myself. So I put my system in Japanese and I play with Japanese players. Um, so even like Overwatch is completely in Japanese now. Like all the voices are and the menus are all Japanese now. So I'm trying to eventually like play with Japanese players more and actually talk to them. So. I played Fortnite and actually played with a couple of Japanese kids the other day, and we did talk like a little bit. So it's just me like trying to constantly put in learning with my games now. It's uh, kind of magical. What have you been up to otherwise in Japan? How's that going? It's good. It's starting to get really cold, so just getting more winter wear. I bought a space heater. I might buy a kotatsu, you know, the uh, like the table heater with the futon. Right. I might buy one. I'm not sure yet. Get the full Japanese um, experience. Buy one. Yeah, I might. I might. We'll see. Uh, so all the Christmas decorations are going up. Yesterday, my girlfriend and I, we went out. They had like two Christmas-like food and wine type things almost where they're just, yeah, Christmas markets. That Get that be all the way to Christmas. log. Yeah, they got like Christmas lights and uh, lots of German food. One market was just completely like German sausage and whatever, like in German, like snacks, treats. Mm-hmm. Nice. So, but yeah, that's pretty much been my life over here right now. Neil, what have you been up to? Uh, just playing Smash, really. Yeah, you just got a Switch. Yeah. So Smash, oh, I just nice. bought Zelda. Um, I want to buy some of these indie games on the game deal because they're like eleven bucks and they look pretty good. There are some really Neil's good... flash deals. Yeah, Neil's yeah. flash deals. We, there are some pretty good <laughs> deals on that. On I, I do want to even create a segment where I go through I what's know. that's the joke. what's on sale. <laughs> that's the joke. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's some really decent deals on the on the Switch store. If you keep your eye open, you can actually get games for like free on there. They'll sell games sometimes for like a penny or like 10 cents. No, I've seen that. And they'll give you enough coins that you can, it pays for itself. I have no idea why I'm so hooked. When I see like 60% off, I'm like, I got to get it. Yeah, you're well, the, Neil, you're the like, target really audience. Well, Neil, like a feature if we want to talk about making good savings is uh, if, if you see a game you want to buy down on eventually, I do this a lot. I add it to my wish list and Nintendo emails you when a sale goes on like Steam. Oh, well, I just realized I should just buy all, like, so I don't know when you were here if you used this offer up kind of app where you can get, like, used stuff or whatever the case is. So I saw Zelda yeah. Breath on the Wild on there for, like, 35 bucks. I should have just got it. Um, Absolutely. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> game's like I mean, I'm just going to do that from now on. 
Uh, yeah. Anybody got their eye on any Black Friday deals? Not at all. Yeah, I'm not going through that. Just regret it that Overwatch is twenty five dollars on Black Friday, and I and I yeah, just I'm going to get Killer Queen Black for Switch. It's fifteen bucks. Anybody excited about Overwatch? I, I want that. Yeah. Yeah, we talked no. about that last week. Oh my bad. I didn't know you touched BlizzCon. That's such a strange being. Overwatch Two. Yeah. yeah. It's just basically a single player DLC type of deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not single player though. <laughs> campaign. Well, yeah, mode. campaign. Yeah. It's not single player at all. It's all it's still multiplayer. Campaign mode. Excuse us. Story. Okay. I, I, got, I still don't understand like what you're even mean by that, but alright. It's a it's a PvE. PvE story. Campaign. Okay, so it's a campaign. multiplayer versus enemy. Okay. Yeah. Player versus everyone. Alright. All right. We're upsetting the Overwatch boy here. <laughs> yeah, I've said it me. It's just like you keep saying single player. Who, who's your main like, on Overwatch? It's by confusing the way. when you say that. Well, I honestly, I experience. hope it would have a single player mode. If I'm paying money for the new game, I'd like to be able to play the PVE missions with bots or something. Anyways, I wouldn't. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, not ideal, but I'd like that option. <laughs> well, who's your main, Bowman? I don't have any mains, but I mean, like tank-wise, I've been using Orisa and uh, Reinhardt a lot, just because uh, Switch. It kind of it's a dy- the dynamics a lot different on Switch, just because really of obvious reasons. You're using a oh yeah, sure. Oh, like yeah. Rein- Reinhardt, you don't have to aim as much, hmm. so a lot less people will. will, will yeah, so we'll, we'll choose characters where you have to like be really uh, spot on with aim. Um, mainly, mainly healer wise. Healer wise, I love Moira. Like Moira's awesome. <laughs> I don't know who any of these people are. I didn't no. either. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, know I, I love Overwatch. I kind of love everything Blizzard does. That's why I'm disappointed. I, I missed the so BlizzCon. there was this there was this joke. I, I mean, it was a joke to me. I think everyone else is being serious. Where for a long time, Bowman and Lars and maybe maybe other people too were like, "You don't even play Overwatch because I quote unquote only played it for fifty hours." Or forty hours, which I you didn't play for that long. You yes, I did. 10, I, yes, tops. I absolutely did. I I played it for for no, like forty didn't. hours. Yes, I did. And right. uh, <laughs> and anyway, I mean, I I I don't even know if I can still bring up my playtime. I don't. Nah, when when did you do it? it? I, when I, it first I'll take out. your word oh, for it. That's all it's, good. It's different. Characters have been nerfed. As I remember, you started playing it like right about when I was losing enthusiasm. It was around when it it. came out. It was the first couple months. Because I remember you complaining like, "Oh, now that I'm playing, like nobody else is online." Yeah. No, Overwatch is like my favorite game when I'm bored, just to log on and kill time. Like I've never had like a first. Like yeah, there's Call of Duty, there's all that, but Overwatch takes the cake, man. I almost, I, I almost bit on modern warfare just because i i loved it when it came out so much i don't even like fortnite compared to overwatch i i really like overwatch a lot better fortnite i don't like the whole building aspect of that um apex legend have you played that bowman no because i don't have online for playstation so uh, i can't play it i i would say apex legend i like better than fortnite but overall i'm overwatch I like yeah that. one of my like students the other day was walked up to me and said, why are you playing Fortnite? You need to play Apex Legends. That one's so much better. I hate the building in Fortnite. I'm not that passionate about it. I'm not going to go up and tell people that, but it's good. 
I like that uh, <laughs> kid, that battle so. royale game that we played for a while, Bowman. What was that called? The Culling. Ah, uh, the, the Culling. That was fun. That was fun. It was it was really frustrating at times, just because like you put so much work into just bam dead. It was kind of like a first person Fortnite without the crap or without the building. Uh, yeah, it was cool, but it was had a high emphasis on uh, crafting. Yeah. So, all right. Well. Let's wrap this up. Oh, real quick question. Okay. Does Overwatch for the Switch have cl- uh, cross-platform connection like uh, Fortnite does? No, absolutely does? not. Like, none of them have cross-platform. I thought like, Fortnite does. Oh, you, oh, you I thought, well, Overwatch, I'm saying, oh, once again, Overwatch has no cross-platform at all. Yeah, but you no. said no. Fortnite, Fortnite does. Okay. Mm-hmm. Fortnite does, yeah. Okay. All Just right. checking. Uh, the way they set up Fortnite now is that mobile and switch players are default with each other because before they had it that you could cross platform with everyone like instantly automatically but obviously uh console and pc players have a huge advantage over mobile and switch players so yeah well they stopped that uh no well the other day i think i played with um on the computer on my laptop and which was great because my laptop doesn't have any graphics card or anything but it was able to play fortnite against the uh, my little nephew playing on his way so but i think you have to like manually join their game exactly it won't, it they give you the option you but they don't people. automatically yeah yeah you won't be matched i'm a Fortnite virgin i have no plans of changing that yeah That's i mean fine. i played it it's just not not crazy about it yeah i'm not trying know. to sell it to I anybody just, but I'm no 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 i just we're not yeah. the, we're not the target audience <laughs> i'm just trying to chime in with something here for about 20 years I, I don't know i heard they had concerts on there i was like oh maybe i should go check out these concerts man if yeah they got people dabbing and stuff whatever i don't know <laughs> if we're wow. about to uh wrap I up young. i guess um the only thing i've been up to like i said i finished yakuza zero um i've been debating what game to play next with star wars just releasing and Started up Control, and I've also got Outer Worlds in the waiting. Uh, if I can put in plug for movies, like Pat, I saw I'd love The Lighthouse. So if you have a chance to see that. Uh, I'm envious. Yet, I want to see it. Yeah, definitely go see The Lighthouse. But I also saw Parasite recently. Yeah. And this, oh, uh, this easily is my favorite film of the year that I've seen. I can't recommend it enough. Um that's the Not Korean a, horror movie, right? You know, I went into it knowing almost nothing about it, but just from the title and sort of the the, the cover, I thought it would be like a horror. I thought it was based on the anime. It's not. It's sort of one of those movies that defies any like one genre because it does so many things well. Like it's hilarious and it's also tense and there's moments that are kind of horrifying. And you both kind of resent and feel sympathy for characters at the same time. Um, it's it's best going in blind, so I don't even want to talk about it except to say that it's a must-watch for anybody yeah, I pretty who's much don't serious know, about films. I pretty much don't know anything about it other than it's been recommended to me on multiple occasions by people that I respect's opinion, so I will... I already have, I have it uh, queued up and ready to watch. Nice. Good. All right, I'll check it out too. Yeah, good movie. It's a it's a good old fashioned film, just storytelling. There's no weird, like uh, paranormal hooks or weird gimmicks. It's just you know strong story done well by a really competent filmmaker. Okay, cool. 
I, I saw uh, Terminator yesterday. Oh. <laughs> Segway. <laughs> Best movie think? you've ever seen? And, you know, it was, it was exactly what I thought it was going to be. God. It was a mess. It was a complete mess. It's and so just so dumb. much predict, so predictable, like every, every aspect. Well, you did they destroy the, uh, the savior. Oh, I didn't see that coming. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think it really set the movies really set the tone for me. I think I me- I might have mentioned it last week with you. We were like the first two movies take the first whole act of uh, to to set up everything and get and set up the world and the characters. And this movie, that scene in the trailer where they're fighting in the warehouse with the sledgehammer, is like ten minutes in. Well, that's the thing. Is that my eyes are glazing over so you keep quickly? Pulling balls when that, out of my ears. When that's, yeah, when that scene starts, where they fighting in the factory, I'm like, oh, okay, I guess this is what what the movie's gonna be then. <laughs> yeah, move with me. It got so boring so quickly just because of the nonstop action that I almost felt sorry for like the people who worked hard for these scenes because I'm just thinking, man, I don't give a shit about this scene. Yeah, it's exactly. Too much. Are you gonna play the Terminator? Oh no, <laughs> no. It got it got horrendous reviews. Well, like, you said you thought about playing Call of Duty, so I thought maybe Call of Duty Modern Warfare. That's a remake of the best Call of Duty, and it's you know it's something that I played at great length. Is the campaign a straight remake? All the maps and everything's the same. It's a remake. I meant the the single player. Yeah. Oh sh! I thought it's a total a remake. Story. I, yeah, it's. I think it's a total remake. Now you got me questioning it, but I thought it was a remake. Of the 2007, I don't care. Well, anyway, uh, yeah. So it's. I'm not playing that Terminator game. I was somewhat interested in it, but it got like fours (laughs) out of tens. Red lasers. Yeah. Everybody knows the lasers are purple. I'm fine with red lasers, honestly. Lasers at this point is is a plus. (laughs) Period. Terminator Salvation didn't have any fucking lasers. So, uh, but yeah. It was, it's, the movie was disappointing for well, sure. You want to know what I'm looking forward to? And it's sure. on Disney Plus. The Marvel What If series. Yeah. All right, we're done. Let's, let's go ahead and wrap this up. <laughs> I'm totally <laughs> off of the Marvel train. Uh, I was just waiting to jump off. And then nah, after man. seeing Aven- uh, Avengers Endgame, I'm like, okay, thank you. Bye bye. Well, uh, this is going to be animated for one. And I don't know if you guys are a fan of the DC animations. No. Really? No. The DC animated movies are pretty good. Well, I mean, I'll give them one thing. At least they're shot for shot the same as the comics, so, you know, you can't fuck that up, I guess. Uh, they do some changes, but it's never good when they do. Yeah. I'd rather shot for shot. I've watched, I watched The Killing Joke. I watched... Uh, the Killing Joke was not shot for shot. I watched That's Dark Knight Returns. Uh, and that was, Dark Knight Returns is good. That was fine. It was pretty much was shot for shot. Yeah, that was good, though. But I just rather read That's the book, honestly. That's what I'm saying. Honestly. The, the good ones are shot for shot. I just rather read the books. And I don't want to have anything to do with Disney's Marvel anymore. Okay. They, You're entitled to I'm your opinion. Ta- I'm tapped out. <laughs> 22. Pat, where can you find us on uh, online? 22 movies is the limit for me. Anyway, all right. Bowman's chomping at the bit here. And I'm ready to eat my dinner. Champing, so. chomping, chomping. Uh, you made it this far. <laughs> Thank you so goddamn much for listening. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can get us. You can get the podcast, and we started doing videos. Okay, you can get us on YouTube now. You can get the podcast at anywhere they sell or 
promote podcasts. Do they sell podcasts? No, I don't think Anywhere they, they, they upload podcasts. Uh, Podbean, Stitcher, Google Play. It depends on how big your chest is. iTunes. Mm. Uh, you can you can get all of our reviews, podcast videos, whatever on www.analogoutmedia.com. Please leave us a five star review. If you listen to this full hour and fifteen minute podcast and you haven't given us a five star review, what the fuck are you doing? Get out there. It helps the show. I think that's what I hear. That's what every <laughs> podcast says. It helps the show so much. I'm going to parrot that. And on that note. I want you to all have a safe weekend, week. Love you. Goodbye, everyone. It was fun. Thanks for having me back. You're very welcome. Bowman. Good talking to you guys. All right, guys. Dynamite. Thank you. Good night. Lord,